0: always thought that what's the point of, you know, trying to keep someone forever, stopping the progression that they could have down mm-hmm. the track. I've always found that the best trainers I ever had taught me things. I carried that with me the whole way through.
1: Hello guys, welcome back to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. This is an interview episode with the founder of Raw Power Fitness and Training, personal trainer Chad. In this interview, we talk about what real health means to Chad, why he decided to become a personal trainer, what he would change about the industry, some common misconceptions and mistakes, and how to maintain motivation as well as setting some great goals. This is an awesome interview and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Without further ado, here is my interview with Chad. Chad. Welcome to the Real Health Real Talk podcast. Thanks Thank for coming on. Thank you very much. First question I always ask is what does real health mean to you? So what does real health mean to you?
0: Um, well, I, I hate, I always going for the physical side of things where, you know, you look fit and stuff. I, I like a good equilibrium of both, mm-hmm. um, mental and physical health. So it's really important that as well as you are looking fit and feeling fit, it's about you also feeling mentally stronger, um, mentally more prepared for things, um, and being prepared to take on new things, you know, mm-hmm. in, not just in the gym, but in life. It, it will, it's an all round health goal, realistically. Um, so, yeah, I feel it's just a very equal side to both physical and mental health, which has always been really important to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. nice. What stage of life are you currently in for listeners who don't know who you are?
0: Um, well, I'm 22 this year, so still a bit young, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm studying uni at the moment, doing my arts degree. I'm hoping to do uh, history and nutrition, but I'm also um, a full-time personal trainer, which is uh, really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I do that full-time through Monday through to Friday, and then the weekends, um, do other things, and... um, manage and had trained at their 45 studio here in Geelong which has been really good mm-hmm. um it's probably when I started my fitness journey which has been really uh good to just kind of bring it along from being a client and having my life changed to now changing other people's lives which is really good yeah um other than that I coach basketball so I'm always really involved with just um coaching people uh, I love it it's a really good way to communicate build relationships and um, network which is really good so, um, and then, yeah, as I said, coach basketball, so my basketball head, love, yeah. love NBA, love all sorts of things like that as far as, that's actually my first bit of fitness ever was playing basketball, mm-hmm. which is really good.
1: So when did you decide to become a PT and what sort of instigated that?
0: Um, so it would have been end of year 12 to so 2016. Um, yeah, 2016. And I just finished my exams and I'd probably gone through, a bit of stress eating through the whole phase, and I hadn't really done too much basketball um, because the back end of basketball finished pretty much when the exams started to come in, so I wasn't really doing anything besides studying and stuff like that. Um, had, I'd grown up being a relatively large kid, probably from seven, and then I slimmed out again because I grew um, about far out, six inches in a year.
1: Mm, well.
0: yeah, so I pretty much slimmed out and then I went back into being a little bit um, more overweight than I like to have been. Um, and I was going to the gym, wasn't really too sure on how to do things. Um, I was getting a bit sick and tired of asking people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very much a perfectionist in the way I like to do things. so I kind of said to myself, um, I want to get better for myself and be you know maybe even start a career in it um, and stuff like that. So at that point I'd started being trained at F45 as a client. Um, and then I basically transitioned into doing my cert three, four, um, and just absolutely fallen in love with it. And yeah, just basically uh, my life changed for the better when I started looking at fitness, um, on a much more larger scale than just what my own uh, preconceived ideas were. And, um, it was, I never looked back.
1: it really good. What would you say your favorite part about being a PT is?
0: Um, definitely the relationships. I'm a very big people person, so anyone that knows me knows I like to... Socialize. So I love building that relationship and rapport with people. Um, and I just love seeing people change from what they were and actually help them do things they think they couldn't. That's probably the best part about it, you know, um, mm-hmm. making someone think of themselves, oh, I'm actually capable of doing more than what everyone else is telling me and what I'm telling myself um, because I've been there and I've had that um, empathetic view of just not thinking that you're capable of doing some things and then turning around and doing them. Yeah. yeah.
1: What would you say your philosophy as a PT is? I saw on your Instagram you were talking a lot about how for you it's not about getting a client and then having retention for the rest of that mm. client's life. Can you talk about that?
0: I'm a big believer in that. You know, it's it's you're you're you've got a right not only as a personal trainer, but in any industry where you have a certain skill set where people can learn for the better um, for themselves. And I've always thought that well, what's the point of you know trying to keep someone forever, making their confidence um, less than what they could be, and you know in turn um, stopping the progression that they could have down Mm -hmm. the track, you know? And, um, for me, I've always found that the best trainers I ever had, um, they always taught me things and I always took that training on. Um, this was even before I was a personal trainer and I I carried that with me the whole way through. Um, and it's still things now that I do in the gym, you know, make sure you hip with the part make sure you, you, you feel it through your whole foot, not just your toes and all sorts of little things like that. So teaching people, The skill set, um, for me is really important as a personal trainer because, um, yeah, like I said, many times I, I find if they go off, they have huge, huge success down the road and, you know, networking is such a big thing nowadays. Um, if they can network for you, it's, it's, it's basically, um, subconscious networking, Mm -hmm. um, where they go, Oh, Hey, you look great. Where'd you start? You've looked like you've learned a lot and like, Oh, I started here. And that really, for me is the best part is where they can go. Yeah, I started here. i become better on my own, but I've had help from these people. Um, for me, that's the best part about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's a lot about sustainability too. I think that yeah, exactly. you expect for a client to need you their whole life, that's, there's nothing yeah. sustainable about that.
0: Exactly right. Um, and there's nothing worse than if they rock up to a gym and they feel like they can't do anything without you. kind of yeah. defeats the purpose of them going to a gym or doing something exercise wise. Um, and mentally as well, mentally, it's kind of a bit, um, I guess, uh, ironic that you would have to go see a personal trainer to feel like you are able to do certain things where, you know, if they teach you, um, it's the, it's the best thing possible because, you know, Oh, what did, what did he he say? I'm here today to do squats and he's not here. Oh, he said to make sure you've got your toes pointing out a little bit, you know, make sure that your body alignments and right, your anterior tilt comes up to the top, just little things that they can learn, not to the point where you teach them how to be a personal trainer, just, but how to just properly do things on their own yeah yeah and I think it's just I think it's lacking a bit sometimes in some trainers mm. and you always find the best trainers are actually the ones that come over um when the when they're working out and they see incorrect form or they just see something that could be changed and just out of the out of the fact that they want you to learn better and mm. they're not you know tapping money for your time they'll come over and say oh look just make sure you do this and some people take them on board which is great yeah and then they see you next time at the gym when you're working out They're like oh hey man that was really awesome and you kind of bring it up What do you do? Oh, I'm a personal trainer. And, you know, sometimes even for me, that's been a little bit of a, I guess, um, an instigator and to actually gain a client, not with the intention, but Mm. they just find that the friendliness and the ability for you to teach them something kind of goes a long way. Um, And the worst thing for me, I think, that I've seen in this industry is you've got people Um, and this isn't necessarily people with qualifications or without, it's just people that don't want to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and they stay very stagnant and they find themselves not upskilling themselves. And I think you have a responsibility, especially now with so many new things coming out. Yeah. Um, whether it's nutrition, you know, um, prenatal, postnatal workouts, you know, whatever it is you're doing, um, that you have the ability to teach that.
1: Yeah. 100%. Mm. And I think I always get asked, I think a lot of people want to be a personal trainer or a nutritionist. So I always Mm. get asked about it. And I think the number one thing that I say to people is that you have to be ready to learn and keep on learning forever. It's not just, and I think a lot of jobs you have to do that, but it's not like a different nine to five where you go there and you do the same thing every day. Every single client's different. And I think if you don't commit to learning every single day for the rest of your career, then you're not doing your clients. Exactly right. Mm. What would you change about the fitness industry if you could?
0: Um, if I was to change one thing it probably would be the depth of which uh, we get taught. And I would almost say it's almost like when you graduate from uni, you graduate with honours and distinction. Almost graduate with a certain level of knowledge um, because I found that you know the course I did through um, Australian Institute it was good. Um, but it's it's everything's really generalized and I know that it's pretty much that for all the institutes that do it. It's a very generalized course and um, you know they come out of it as well thinking, oh, I can give all this advice, but you know, it's a very set field. Like I can't actually give a nutrition guideline plan mm. with a set meal reference because I'm not a certified nutritionist yet. Yeah.
1: And it's a really narrow scope of practice, which I don't think people know going mm. into it. Like you can't just go up to someone and be like, here's a exactly meal right. plan.
0: And people always ask me, what do you eat? I'm like, oh, well I eat this and this. And they're like, oh, what do you reckon for me? Like, well, what I would recommend was that, you know, you probably stay within a deficit and follow some guidelines from healthy eating like the australian institute yeah
1: like that's literally all you can do i can't i can't
0: say much else and Mm -hmm. i think that's the worst part is i reckon even if you extended the course the course is realistically you can do it in six months if you wanted to Mm. but extend the course out for maybe two years get them get get people in a nutritionist diploma um alongside that as well um and i think the industry would be so much better because the bank battle we're facing right now is nutrition you know everyone Mm -hmm. rocks into the gym but you know, how many people go and eat a burger afterwards because they think they've earned it or yeah. they eat something that's not helping their body reach what they've just done at the gym for two hours. It's, it's just a really, um, I guess, blurred area, which mm-hmm. I think would be really, really um, insightful if we could teach people just to be a bit more nutritional, nutritionally, um, you know, noted.
1: Yeah, I agree. What do you think? Because how long have you been in the industry now?
0: Um, just working. Yeah. Um, probably oh, just over two years now.
1: Yeah. What would you say is the most common misconception that you've had with your clients or maybe like most common mistake?
0: Um, they don't appreciate the little things. It's really funny. They don't, they don't really take into account what they've done because um, as human beings, we're really looking for big changes in our lives to really um, make things seem like they're justifiable. So, you know, you, um, you, you get a great job, you buy a new car, you know, you do certain things and other things happen. But... In, in fitness, you know, especially for people who come out of hereditary um, or just normal lifestyle without going into the gym and they want to get to goals, you know, they don't appreciate that, you know, say, you know, Karen lost a half a kilo Mm. in two weeks. She hasn't lost a half a kilo in the last five years, you know, and, um, let's say that, you know, Phil wanted to put on some muscle. He's put on, you know, one kilo in a month, but, you know, he thinks he's not doing well because he hasn't put on four kilos. It's little things like that, that I think, um, they don't really give us credit for. And we're only human beings. Unless you're a personal, uh, sorry, unless you're a professional or amateur bodybuilder, you're not going to see those results <laughs> the way you think you're going to see them. Yeah. And, um, I th- it's, think it's a very toxic environment, the social media we live in, you know, if we see people modeling for underwear or whatever, and you see people, um, movies and stuff like that. And, you know, mind you, it's to the, it's to the industry that they're in. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think, I oh, you know if I work out for this many times a week for this amount of, for this duration, I'm going to get to here, but it's not, you know, I'm, it took me three years to get anywhere near where I am right now. And, um, that's not only physically, but mentally uh, for a long time, I was physically probably at my best and mentally I wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, accepting my greatest achievements, which was doing little things. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest misconception that my clients ever have is that they're not doing certain things. And, um, a great example is when we do, Stuff like challenges, that, you know, it's any, anywhere that there's challenges, you've got people that go, oh, um, I only lost, you know, two kilos or stuff like that. But you look at little things like you change your habit, like how many glasses of wine are you having now? You know, mm-hmm. how much soda are you drinking? Are you walking more? Are you sleeping better? Do you have more energy throughout the day? These are little things that actually mean more than the way you think you look, mm-hmm. you know, and I've found people love me as a trainer the most is when I've gotten enough sleep and I'm energetic the next morning. They don't care about how big my biceps are or my shoulders mm. are. They care about actually how energetic and charismatic I am for them. So it's just those little things that I think we miss the mark on, um, especially our clients.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think a big part of being a personal trainer is helping them to recognize those achievements. And I think I understand the mentality been there as well. It's when yeah. you have your eye on like a bigger goal. So those little achievements. Exactly. Like, uh, But I had a client who could hardly do any ball slams. She just didn't have upper body strength. And then a a few weeks later, because she's a recurring client, she was smashing out ball slams. I was like, you literally could not do this before. And I was so excited. And she was like, oh yeah, they don't remember and you need to look at it. Um, But yeah, and I think that's a big thing too. I think your personality, I think some people are better suited than others to be a personal trainer. People just want to be encouraged and you have to shine a light on their achievements. And I think... I definitely, I say this all the time, I'm like, oh, I feel like, it makes you a bit more conscious of your own body image because you think that because you're a trainer, then people are like, oh, she's not in the perfect exactly shape and right, I don't yeah. want to train with her. And I've never ever, I mean, it's not like I've been working in PT that long, but I never feel like anyone's judging me by my body, but I, I feel that, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I've, I've actually had people coach me that are um, not necessarily the fittest of people in terms of how they look. But A, their knowledge, and B, their um, charismatic approach to pushing me um, has actually been the best. I remember one of my um, ex-coaches for basketball, um, he didn't look like he ever touched a basketball before, but the way he was able to converse information, teach me things, and actually have a bit of a a self about him, it it made me become a better person on the court and physically as well when I was trying to train to get a bit bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's been heaps of examples in my life where... The way you look doesn't really dictate the way you teach, um, and I mean, yeah, there's certain times where you know, if you are running boot camps or if you are running certain circuits, you are going to have to be some level of fitness. But I just think it shouldn't be shined upon if um, you know that person really knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's probably just a little bit of a, I guess, a catch twenty two.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you have to practice what you preach. Oh, exactly. But yeah. I think if you, I don't think you should let this stress sort of Having like the perfect body or whatever stress you out of not doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, my,
0: whether or not I have a six pack or not, so let me uh, determine how I teach my clients how to yeah, do things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And
1: that's that's portrayed through even like professional leagues and stuff. You look mm. at their coaches and they they don't play anymore. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. But it's their knowledge and it's the way that they convey information. Mm. I think that that's something that's probably not shown or not emphasized enough yeah. in a trainer. Yeah. Um, how do you personally maintain motivation, especially now that it's getting freezing?
0: Uh, Um, it's funny. I, I always picture myself what I was before and I know it's not a very healthy mindset to have. (laughs) And I know we've just kind of been talking about healthy mindsets and stuff like that. But for me, um, nothing motivates me more than just kind of thinking about how I was before I was in fitness. You know, I was was like 80, 88 kilos with 30% body fat. And then I've just changed it around to, I'm now the same weight, but I'm 10% body fat. So it's, it's a different kind of, you know, shift in the way it is, mm. um, in terms of weight and, and fat mass to muscle. But, um, you know, before, before as well, I, I, I never was really awake for the whole day. Um, and I find out when I work out, I'm so energetic the whole day through. My metabolism's on fire. Um, I'm focused in. I do so much more productive stuff when I've worked out. So the fact A, I want to do things in the day, um, and B, like I said, this that little bit of uh, my own, probably one of my, one of my few unhealthy habits is yeah. I just always think to back to when I what I was before, um, and it pushes me to be better. Um, and I always find uh, this is something I think people don't do enough of. This you know take take your transformation photos as motivation daily. You know, I look at mine every couple, couple of weeks and go, wow, I've come this far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very humbling to find where you were.
1: yeah.
0: Um, and I think a lot of people do it enough. And, you know, there's a certain part where you can praise yourself in this kind of world where you've come out of, a, I guess, a lifestyle or a cycle where you've basically um, not had much education um, in the world of fitness. And, you know, you, you come to this spot now where you're up in the morning, you're walking, you know, your friends say you're looking great. you know, mentally you're happy, you know, all sorts of things. And I think it's just great to just look back where you were. So that's another thing that motivates me. I think a little more where people can kind of relate to me is, um, yeah, I look at where I was and mm. I kind of just make, make myself reassure, like, yeah, this is the path that I want to be on.
1: Mm. I think that, yeah, I think that's good. I think acknowledging that you're happier, healthier, fitter mm. now, is a good thing to motivate you. And I completely relate with that. And also like Kia was saying how, cause there's my housemate who she started doing the challenge and she just completely changed her yeah. overall lifestyle.
0: Sure. She's a great example actually of actually someone who's, um, happy with their goals, regardless of their numbered results. She, cause when she came in, um, to do that challenge, I remember she said to me, um, Oh, I want to just be able to, um, have a better sleeping pattern, stay awake, feel more energetic. And I was like, all right, cool. And, you know, um, she got to the last week of her you know, weigh-ins and um, she did lose some weight, which is good. But I said to her, are you happy? She's like, yeah, I'm great. I'm feeling more awake and feeling, you know, more energetic. Mm. And I said, well, look, if we smash that goal off the table mentally, that's great. I can't really quantify that in numbers. Yeah. So that's, that's probably one of the few examples I've ever actually come across where someone's uh, been pretty happy with that kind of result, mm. not really looked at the big number picture.
1: I just love her mentality about it, and yeah. I love. It's
0: been a great mind change. Yeah. yeah,
1: I love that because I think often you see clients who want to fixate on the weight loss, and that's fine because that's where they are. But I do think that there's always something deeper than that. And yeah. I think there has to be something deeper than it has that. Has to be,
0: yeah. and otherwise we've as a, I guess as an industry we've failed if it's just all based on the physical. We've materialized everything we've ever been taught. Um, you know, and my mum, for example, I remember she she would never did yoga before about two years ago and her back was killing her. Um, and you know, my mum isn't the slimmest of people, but you know, the fact that she's got a stronger back, you know, and she's not in pain all the time. That's the kind of thing that she's quantified with. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's just a perspective of where you are. And that's why I think, you know, back to that question about what would you change in the industry? Just educate people on what healthiness, healthy living is. Yeah. It's not about having a six pack or having the biggest pecs or arms. It's not about you, you know, having whatever a thigh gap is, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's much more to do with the body, body composition and how tall you are and your hip width and stuff like that. But um just those things that we've been taught and seeing, you know, just through pop culture and mm. social media, I just think, yeah, I think we should just numb it out and um really expect the basics on what is being healthy. You know, it's about just being mentally focused, happy, reassured and that your your body is able to perform what it needs to perform. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Um last question. Yep. We touched on goals. How do you personally set goals to make sure that you achieve them?
0: Um, I have a notebook at home um, and I usually touch it every second week or when I complete a goal, which takes me about, and this isn't just when the gym, this is in general like life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put my big goal down first and I divide it into eight steps. Um, Cause as, as you know, mentioned before, as human beings, we want to be changed by a big progressional change in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way you get there is through steps. Um, mm-hmm. that's what my dad taught me. Um, and yeah, I just basically cracked down everything, you know, say mm-hmm. I wanted to, oh, what was the recent one I just did? I, I wanted to be more, um, more productive in the way I upskill myself in terms of reading. So I set that into reading, um, one article every second day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what I did was, um, I broke it down to eight steps where I would find sources where I could easily go to get articles about health and nutrition, stuff like that. So I wouldn't be looking for that, wasting all the time. Yeah. Next step after that would be um, to find people that I like their writing and the way they actually looked into it. You know, find people that can just come off and really just make sure I just have, oh, yeah, I like them. I'll get off that. Um, And then so on, break down that list, keep going until basically I had a point where I was emailing myself things that I wanted to, nurse to read mm-hmm. and every day now for this every second day I kind of start reading certain things and it only takes you an hour to read a full article and really get something out of it but that kind of that's the kind of way I process my goals is I break it down and I think that's probably something um I like to t- I do teach my clients but I like to teach a bit more mm-hmm. um you know Chad helped me lose you know 10 kilos I'm like all right well, let's break it down to let's lose you know one kilo first And let's put on some muscle and then let's do this and that. And then Mm. they finally find themselves, you know, not only losing five kilos, but they've put on two kilos of muscle in the same breath. So it's, it's, it's a funny world that, um, the way I like to break down things is kind of the way I guess you approach the gym a bit, Mm. but that's just me. Um, I know my, my sister does things differently. I'm pretty sure you do things differently. Everyone does in their own way, but yeah, yeah, I like to break things down. It makes things a lot more clearer and simpler and your track set.
1: Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Okay, last segment, I have quick cues, yes. which is just rapid fire. Rapid oh, right, questions. cool. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever comes to you. Right, okay,
0: so this. yeah, sweet.
1: Okay, uh, favorite exercise? Ask what? Summer or winter? Oh, summer. <laughs> Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Smoothie or acai bowl? Smoothie. Bath or shower?
0: Oh, sure. Oh, sugar, sugar, sugar. Bath or shower, man? I can spend a whole year in a bath. Um... Mm. But then there's nothing better after having a shower after workout. I don't have to go with shower just convenience wise.
1: That's a really hard one too because I love having a bath. We don't have one here, but I was saying on the, another podcast the other day because we had these exact same problems. Yeah. And I think it's because if I could never have a shower again, I'd be pissed off because like the yeah. bath is like time consuming.
0: Yeah, exactly right. If I had four hours extra in a day, I literally I've spent I've spent two hours on a bath once. <laughs> Kind of like a prune, but
1: uh, <laughs> oh, that's, I can't once I get, yeah. I'm yeah,
0: but um, uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I would be very, very angry if uh, I couldn't have a shower for the rest of my life. That'd probably be the one thing I uh, couldn't live without mm-hmm. a nice hot shower.
1: Kicking around the big ones. Um, mm. Where can people find you for more?
0: Um, well, I'm uh, out of ISO now and getting back into things. I'm actually starting to post more content. So um, my personal training one is uh, Instagram and Facebook is Raw Power um, Australia, it's a blue, it's a little blue background with raw power on it. Um, and then you can find me as well on chat underscore supermark on Instagram. Um, it's a bit of a mouthful, but I'm pretty sure. E- Ebony's, Ebony's going to link him in there. My, bit of a mouthful, my last name, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And yeah, like I said, I'm um, now that I'm coming out, I right, spin more productive. I'm hoping to plan, oh, I'm planning to do posts, um, not just on fitness, just, on, you know, Things that I've mm-hmm. learned, um, mental stuff and achievements, stuff like we've been talking about today. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just hoping to provide a bit more of a platform for everyone. Cause, uh, I think that's really where it's about. It's just educating and telling people how hey, you've gone through your experiences. Yeah. yeah. Nice.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. No,
0: thank um, you. That's been fun.
1: Yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. Talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Real Health Real Talk podcast. I so hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Chad. If you'd like to see or hear more from me, please follow my Instagram at EbonyMayHealth. And I would absolutely love to, if you liked this episode, to post it on your stories, tagging me so I know that you enjoyed it, or leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. And until then, I wish you happiness and real health.